Welcome to the Few Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Richie, Darren, and Mark. Hey, you know that check I was talking about getting you? I'll get it like sometime in 2019. <laughs> We're trying to help you grow those oranges, man. <laughs> and then they get angry or excited. Doesn't really matter which one, right? And and then they move on to a picture of their friend from high school just had another baby, right? Welcome back to the Few Podcast. My name's Dare, and I'm here with Mark and Richie. And this week's top story, I think everybody in the nation, are their eyeballs are glued to the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I think, I think you're right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I'm kind of shocked uh, how long it's taken this jury to come to a decision because, I mean, I would have. I would have taken like, you know, like uh, when you walk through one of those swinging doors, like before it would have gotten to the point where it stopped, I would have been back out and been like, oh yeah, innocent. <laughs> well, I saw, what was it? I saw a meme um, of the judge. I don't know if I sent it to you guys, but it was basically the the judge saying, oh, you, you're been acquitted of all charges. And then Kyle Rittenhouse starts to, starts to walk away and the judge was, wait, wait, wait a second picks up the AR-15 and throws it to Kyle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great one. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, uh, I, it, it, it's amazing to me how many mistakes that prosecution has made. And, and just the, the uh, thought that they had for their closing arguments. Uh, how, how could really anybody stop and say oh no this is for sure um you know like you know something that we need to think about i mean the only thing that i can think of is is that that slimy little little finger which i love the fact that people are comparing him to little finger um what's the little finger i don't get this oh uh it's on game of thrones oh i didn't watch that well you should because it's great (laughs) um it's on stuff I don't pay for. <laughs> Littlefinger was like this uh, guy who had all the secrets um, and and used it against people. And what's great, uh, I won't spoil it for anybody, but yeah. He, he so gets, they're, com- they're comparing he, Binger to Littlefinger? Yeah, because he's just that smarmy little... Um, yeah. Like he can twist the truth just enough to make people think, well, maybe, you know, and so that's why they're making that comparison is because that's what that's what this guy did in the in the show. He would he would he would turn people against each other by by giving them just a little bit of the truth and a, and a lot of lies. Um, and so then it would make you think like, oh, you know, he's being straight with me. That's what this binger does. You know, it's like. You don't negate self-defense when you bring a gun. Otherwise, every time you bring a gun, you're negating ever being able to use it. Yeah, every any shooting with a gun is basically a homicide at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then he's got the balls to basically send <laughs> So, the greatest was this was this um this video that they're that they're going over and you know, it makes more sense that the defense is wondering how they 
you know, how they enhanced the video because the defense's copy was all blurry and they sent it, they sent it to the defense or they texted it or I think it came out that it was texted, but I don't think it was because the, the defense came out and said, no, it was emailed and the file name is different than what they said they had. Mm-hmm. And so the they, grade was different. Yeah. So basically they took this video, right? So they have this video that they have to enhance the crap out of to show that Kyle Rittenhouse pointed a gun at them before he shot them, like sometime before. That they assumed that it was his gun. And then, and you know, even then it's blurry enough that you can't really tell. Some yeah. people have said it's the gun strap. Some people have said it's a mirror image. Um, you know, like if it is an actual and enhanced vision, then you have to believe that he was pointing the gun with his left hand, which, which... he hadn't done all night. Yeah, and it's pretty impossible with that strap because the strap is around the shoulder opposite. So you would have to, I mean, I guess it's probably not impossible, but you would have to, nobody's going to, you're not going to point it with your left hand. You're, you're going to turn your body Yeah, well, if you're right-handed. And it would be impossible with that strap. If you look at that strap, it's so tight against his body that the butt of the gun is pretty much glued to his right shoulder. So, I mean, he would have had to have readjust that strap. And there's other video evidence of him running away right after this point that they're talking about, that they're, that they're showing, which is weird, all right? The fact that they have this many camera angles you would have thought there was a cinematographer there for the for the uh, riot, you know, of like, oh, no, 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 cut the camera too. Cut, there we go, you know? Like, like here, here's the problem. If, if, he, if he really was pointing that with his left hand, then he immediately adjusted his strap right before running, <laughs> which is ridiculous to think of. Yeah, and one other thing, I think there was, there's something about, what they use to enhance the video in the manual says, do not use in court. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that came out today too, of, of that. This adds pixels. It should not be used for anything other than, um, you know, investigation. Yeah. So like if, if you have some suspicions that maybe somebody's there, you could maybe use it to try to try and pinpoint something. But it should not be used in court because it does change the picture. It's not the original picture. Yeah, and that's and that's what the defense was worried about when they when they were talking about enhanced images. Like, you if you're gonna zoom in, you can't you can't zoom in. You got to look at the original because if you zoom in, the camera adds pixels where it thinks they should be, mm-hmm. and you know that can change what something looks like. A shadow can look like a gun, or you know. Or his gun strap could look like a gun. Exactly. Could look like a barrel. But that whole left-handed thing, like he's not he's not gonna switch dexterity. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. I've I've never tried to shoot a gun with my left hand. I just I mean or my Yeah, I've never tried to shoot it from my left shoulder. Never tried to do that. (laughs) Once. It would feel so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So another thing that I thought was interesting, it came out today that uh, Binger's uh, email, his personal email is flufferboy2004 at yahoo.com. Are you, are you serious? You didn't see that when I sent that to you today? 
No. Yeah, his personal email is flufferboy2004 at yahoo.com. All right, who wants to explain to the crowd what a fluffer is? <laughs> Richie, I think that one falls on you. Uh, I I actually never heard that before. Okay, so I guess I'm not doing anything for my reputation here, but in the porn industry, a fluffer is somebody who gets the actors ready by by performing oral sex on them so that they can go and do the scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I, I guess I, I, I've never heard that, but um, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I think we now know how he put himself through law school, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> law, law school put some things through him. Yeah. Ba-bum-tsh. Wow. So, so yeah, it. So yeah, that this Bender guy, he's a complete tool. And he doesn't even live he doesn't live in I don't think he lives in Wisconsin, does he? Wasn't that kind of the thing? Like he had to go across state lines to go to the trial? <laughs> Just like Kyle? Yeah. No, he lives in Wisconsin, doesn't he? Uh he doesn't li- yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I heard there was I thought he lives in like Racine or whatever that is. Oh, he doesn't live in he doesn't live in the uh in the city that he's prosecuting. So oh, okay. he, had, he had to leave. He has to leave the, uh, leave the area or he has to leave his, he, he comes in from outside just like Kyle Rittenhouse does. I don't know. Maybe it isn't out of state, but he basically comes in as far away as Kyle would have, you know, they're making the big deal out of, he came across state lines with a firearm, which is a lie. He didn't come across state lines with a firearm. The firearm was always in Wisconsin. And then they lied about, oh, he's not allowed to have that gun on him. No, he is. It's yep. not illegal to have the gun on him. How do you get all the way through the trial before the judge goes, hey, can you even charge him on this? Yes, I can. Well, let's look at the law. No, you can't. That's a legal gun for him to carry. You know, open carry. I mean, uh, and then <laughs> could we go back to that email one time? I, I just thought of this. How great would it have been if he would have been like, hey, is that your TikTok account? Four whores, more doors, or more door, or four doors, more whores, or whatever. And he go, I don't know. Is yours Flufferboy2004? <laughs> Yahoo.com? Yeah. Can't even get a good domain. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Isn't he embarrassed to go to the doctor's office? Or, you know, everyone asks for email now. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, no matter where you go, what's your email? Okay, you know, you tell them. And I would be embarrassed to, to say that, but maybe was, he's proud of it, I guess. I was embarrassed that I had a Hotmail account up until like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'd think you'd just update it to, like, his name, but. So we, we go, we, we're, we're wondering why the jury's still out. You know, it's been, they've been deliberating for two days. But I, I guess the reason why you would wonder would be, I don't know, people are filming the jury. <laughs> Basically taking pictures of them in the courtroom and the. The judge has to stop them and delete them from the, cam- you know, order the bailiff to delete it from the camera. 
so and, they're they're basically added a there's a tacit threat against the jury if they come back with the wrong verdict they're gonna die or their their family's gonna get hurt well and then you have people in kenosha hanging up bed sheets that say kids live here like like please don't burn this place down there's pallets pallets of bricks showing up everywhere throughout the town which how in the hell does that keep happening you know that they here's some melee weapons and some bricks and uh you know 300 bottles of vodka you know vodka really works good if you use it for molotov cocktails just by the way yeah and and so we got this jury intimidation and this cortez rights clown comes in and basically does the exact same thing to the judge right well so this is the thing right so cortez rice and i don't know from the from the rumor is is that this cortez rice is saying that he is the nephew of george floyd so it is said that he is the one that was filming the jury with his phone and that's when the bailiff came over and said delete delete out the video of them and then uh returned his phone back to him he is now in minnesota and he's intimidating the judge for the kim potter trial um so if 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 you guys might remember kim potter was the one that uh dante wright uh was at a traffic stop they found out that he had a warrant out for his arrest he tried to quickly jump back into the car she started yell, yelling, taser, 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 but she grabbed from the wrong holster and shot one shot into his chest instead of the taser, killing killing him. Um, and so now Cortez Rice, after he was in Kenosha, intimidating the jury there, he comes across state lines back to Minnesota, and he shows up at the judge's house Um finding her videotaping that he was outside of her door then yelling down to somebody a neighbor comes out and says what are you doing here and he's like nothing you mind your own business and then and then uh they start making threats to the judge saying that if she doesn't if she doesn't uh make sure the trial goes the right way um you know they know where she lives basically yeah, they probably should just declare a mistrial right then and there and move, ship it somewhere else. Yeah, or have this guy in jail. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's intimidating two cases, two high-profile cases. But he's the chosen one. He's the oh. son of God. Yeah. Or whatever, <laughs> brother of God or Nep- whatever. Nephew. Nephew of, of God. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, Thomas, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how the jury comes back in the Rittenhouse trial and says not guilty just for the simple fact that I think they're going to be f- afraid for their lives. I don't think they're going to be able to say not guilty. I, I think they have to declare a mistrial probably with prejudice. Well... And I mean, there is the motion out there and he has said that he wants the, the judge has said that he wants the jury to do their deliberation first. So I'm wondering if that judge isn't just putting it in his back pocket. I don't know when you can judge, when you can declare a mistrial. Um, 
you know, if they can wait until after the jury comes back and get, you know, maybe he's waiting for them to say not guilty. And if he doesn't hear not guilty, it's a mistrial with prejudice. Like, well, yeah, he, he can set aside the verdict if he doesn't believe the verdict was just, too. So if if he believes that Rittenhouse is innocent or there is not enough evidence passed, if the if the verdict comes out and then he, he hears the verdict, he can declare... Um, he can basically just declare <laughs> that it's not valid and, you know, I, I declare innocent and end it. I don't think he can go the other way, but he can go that way, I believe. Hmm. And yeah, and then he can declare a mistrial with prejudice after the verdict is read. Well, then the Black Lives Matter will be after him. Well, know? they already are. Well, I mean, they are, but. Let's. Um, you know, I, I did love that the Binger, you know, did the closing arguments and he was talking about, you know, the pedophile. Well, all he, all he did was tip over a. <laughs> A porta potty and start this on fire and start that on fire. Oh, and he said the N word. Oh, he said a bad word. You know, he, he, I thought, I honestly thought that was a joke, you know. And then apparently, all the people outside, all the Black Lives Matter people, are like, well, that's his free speech. He can say the N word if he wants. Oh, really? My God. Yeah. Well, really? He can? Yeah, that speech okay. was even worse because cause it's like he, he, he glossed over it. He's like, oh, all he did was. Start a dumpster on fire, conveniently leaves out, and then pushes it towards gas pumps. Yeah. <laughs> it it would have killed everybody there. You know, that, that hundred people that were all by those cars, if that gas station blows, it's going to kill everybody. Yeah. And then, and then oh, oh, and then he, he just turned over a trailer and started it on fire. Yeah, he turned over a trailer and started it on fire. What the hell? Well, and also to do what? To stop the cops from coming into that area. Yeah. To barricade yeah. the road. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he was like, because the cops were down there and he wanted to stop them from coming, he turned over a trailer. Well, what the hell, man? You know? In other words, he was, he should be charged with mayhem. Yeah. Which I believe <laughs> is a pretty serious charge. Maybe. Maybe uh, Kenosha should have had progressive to prevent from mayhem, like Allstate, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, um, I think I there was there was one other thing I wanted to say, but now I can't remember what it was. Well, while you're thinking about that, hold on. It would also been great if he would have been like, and then he said the n word, ooh, and he raped five kids. Oh shoot, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> oh, th- here's here's what. A, Black Lives Matter is going to get more pissed off about a white guy getting off for killing white people than they did for anybody killing black people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's the state of politics today. A white guy can say the N-word. He gets shot and killed. And the guy that shot and killed him, Black Lives Matter is going to riot. Well, the, when, the whole... Sorry. No. I'm done. The, the whole... The whole dumb thing about this that they're trying to equate this to race is is the fact that they're saying that this is tied to Jacob Blake not getting justice. Okay, that's ridiculous. Especially when they go and talk to these protesters out 
out in front of the courthouse and they're like, well, why are you here? And he was like, well, because Jacob Blake never got justice. He was just an innocent man standing there facing away from the cops and the cops opened fire and shot seven shots. Mark, Mark, that's, that's not ridiculous. Mark, that is not ridiculous. That is, I can't feel my dick cause. But you know, that's the problem is the media the media is really to blame here and and really after the midterms if, if there aren't republicans who are saying we have to do something about this because the media is the starting point they they were the ones that pushed the false narrative that this was uh innocent person unarmed being shot by a cop editing down the tape to that they caused the riots in kenosha then the leadership compounded the error by saying, well, we're not going to have cops go in there. We're not going to, we're not going to um, raise the tensions with the, with the national guard. We're going to let it burn. And they burned for two days. And on the third night, Kyle wrote Rittenhouse says, Hey, it's my duty as a civilian to go down there and try to clean some of this up and to make Kenosha better by, by cleaning it up. Uh, and that night I will, I will stay there. I will help defend this property. And, and by defending the property, I mean that I'm going to put out fires and he's racing and chasing, putting out fires. He, they, they don't talk about that. He was, he had just put out a fire at a church that was on fire with a fire extinguisher. Um, that's, that's what he had done just before he ran down, sees this dumpster on fire goes to put it out, uh, and, and that's when he yells, friendly, friendly, friendly. So right before that, he was putting out a church. And and people are wanting to make him the bad guy. You know, and, and it's the problem is, that's the media trying to make him the bad guy. That's the media trying to put out that Gage Grosskreutz uh, is a hero. He's not a hero. He's a, he's a cowardly, smarmy little punk who put his hands up, acted like he was going to back away, and then pointed his gun at Kyle's head, and Kyle took action and blew his bicep. Uh, or as Gage likes to say, uh, shoot, what did he say it was? Eva- de- evaporated it, or his bicep evaporated? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck around Bro, and find out. Like- That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse is the fucker find out champion. Yeah, he is. Or fuck around and find out champion. Or quick draw I, champion. I seen a shirt today. It says, we'll never forget the Kenosha hat trick. And it's like, a, <laughs> it, it's an image of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, it's not actually his face, but it looks like him running down the street. So, might have to purchase that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then did you guys find out that, or did you guys see that today they found out who Jump Kick Man is? Yeah, some black guy. Well, more to the point is that he's a career criminal. Four wow. for four now. Four for four. I mean, if you're out looting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, because some dude decided he wanted to pull a knife on the cops, uh, I I think uh, I think you're probably a career criminal. And you're yeah. so you're 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 basically going to use car lots so you can start the entire used car lot on fire. You might be a criminal. 
Well, but I mean, it, it, it's just when you read this guy's rap sheet, it's like um, stole a car, got probation, knocked over a liquor store. And that's not exactly what he was charged with. But I mean, it was like serious crimes like this and then got probation, violated the terms of that probation, got probation again, violated the terms of that probation, got probation again. Like he's never seen like a day in jail other than when he's been held over for trial and, and like he's been arrested like 20 times. I mean, it's something ridiculous. Well, what's hilarious is if you ever watch those like judge shows during the day, yes, I watch them every once in a while when I'm eating lunch because now everybody works from home. But whenever they ask like, so what'd you go to jail for? Probation violation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's always a probation violation it's never oh i knocked over a liquor store and i decided that i really wanted to get high this week so i failed my piss test it's not that it's i i went to jail for a probation violation well it's it's just ridiculous how much probation obviously is given out for serious crimes yeah well you know you know the motto of the justice system under um what's his face george soros 12 strikes and you're out (laughs) 12 strikes and maybe we'll start thinking about jail time yeah well you know now if you are a capital writer you get 41 months so yeah that's ridiculous so i saw something that i don't know if he was being a smart ass or or what but apparently the guy thanked uh the judge for giving him a vegan diet in, in prison oh the the uh q shaman or whatever yeah, QAnon yeah. shaman yeah yeah I, <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's a joke but apparently I, I saw it on the internet that he had thanked the judge for giving him a uh no he he was vegan and he basically refused to eat because they wouldn't give oh. him vegan food I, the guy the guy's a whack job he's, yeah, he's he a whack job he deserves to be in jail if he's a vegan <laughs> well, also, he is a registered Democrat. Yeah, he's a Democrat. Yep. But, uh, yeah. And also bipolar. So, <laughs> well, there, well, there's no be. such thing as a vegan Republican. We, we eat meat, <laughs> we have sex with <laughs> women, and mm-hmm. we like guns. Uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so, so, speaking of um, law enforcement, uh, the FBI, uh, under Merrick Garland, there's a whistleblower that came forward, and obviously, you know, watching the regular news, nobody would notice because they didn't report it. But basically, a FBI whistleblower came forward and provided a protected disclosure revealing that the FBI's counterterrorism division is com- compiling and categorizing threat assessments related to parents who um, basically are mean at school board meetings. There is a threat tag that was created. They are treating the parents protesting at school board meetings or, you know, talking at school board meetings and yelling at their school boards because of critical race theory and their kids getting raped. They're treating them worse than they treat terrorists. They're watching them closer than they they watch terrorists. So... We have national security threats coming across the southern border because it's not just the people from the Triangle states um, that are that are coming through the southern border. There's legitimate fears of 
terrorists coming through. Um, we brought a bunch of people over from Afghanistan. We were not able to vet them all. And there have been numerous reports of them walking off um, these bases or these temporary places. And they're saying, well, we don't have any right to hold them so they can simply leave. So we maybe have potentially thousands of terrorist cells in our country right now. And we're worried about, oh, well, this guy told the the superintendent, we're coming for you. You're not going to be a superintendent for long. Yeah. Well, it, you know, we saw that, um, I sent you guys that thing about there was, what, 100,000 people overdosed this last year? Yeah. From fentanyl and, or just. Yeah. Where, where do you think those drugs come from? <clears throat> I thought you yeah. said last last week at Astro World. <laughs> oh, too soon. That turned out that turned out to be a, a false story, I guess. The super fentanyl thing. I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I heard I didn't hear that it was that it was there was super fentanyl. I I heard there was somebody like jabbing people with fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, that's where they they came from. They they said that some security guard passed out and he was revived by not. Narcan or what is that called? Narcan. Narcan. Yeah, uh, he was revived by that, but he but he did not. He came out and said that he wasn't jabbed with anything, so that was a carried away story. But obviously, he was doing drugs there, so it's good. Yeah. It's good for your security to pass out from doing drugs. But but just think about that. He's they they're creating a terrorist watch list for parents that complain at school board meetings. Think about yeah. this. This is this is what they're this is what the FBI is going after. And then to to make matters worse, they're raiding journalists because they don't like what they're saying. Project Veritas got raided um, because of what they put online. About, uh, uh, or no, there was a, so Joe Biden's niece or daughter, Joe Biden's daughter has a, has a journal or, or a diary, whatever you want to call it, that she keeps and somebody stole it or they don't, I guess they're not even sure if somebody stole it, that she might've just lost it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're even sure that it was, that it was stolen, but somehow Project Veritas got in um hell got in control of this journal or this diary and they they basically were like we can't verify this we're not going to publish it so they brought it to the FBI and the FBI is now investigating them for how they got it and not only that but they leaked what they're finding to the New York Times mhm who so project veritas is a is in an active court case against the New York Times for libel. Yeah, for libel. They're suing the New York Times because the New York Times lied about what they reported, and they defamed them, allegedly, several times. And then, so, I mean, if this doesn't look like a hit piece, or, you know, if this doesn't look like the Department of Justice slash FBI going after their political enemies, I don't know what does. You're going after an organization, a journalistic organization that has every right to pay for a, a diary, 
even if it is stolen. They have every right to pay for a diary and publish it. They didn't because they couldn't verify it, and they basically reported it because it was a matter of national security. They could have published it, but they didn't. They did the right, well, I mean, I, I guess I don't know if it was the right thing. Obviously, this journal is real because well, they basically verified that it is hers. They they did the moral thing. Maybe it wasn't, I, I and I mean, I guess you could say it was the right thing, but they they stuck to their morals and they said, hey, we can't verify if this is true. We should hand it over because if it is true, we shouldn't have this information. Uh, if it's not true, then the FBI can try to figure out what happened to it. And the FBI used it to to attack them and then leaked that information, right, to, to the New York Times. Because and, and they know that they leaked it to the New York Times because the New York Times were asking them about memos that they had taken over to the FBI hours after the FBI had received it. Right. So, I mean, it, it was like it was like the FBI had the New York Times waiting back at their base saying, all right, now look through what we have. So, I mean, when you link these two things together, do not. Do not go against uh, the government because the education system is the government, right? They're they're part of the government, or we will find you, and we will harass you, and and it's it, it is like um, you know back in Russia, you know, uh, you give us the target, and then we will find the crimes that they have because everybody has something against them, right? Mm-hmm. You can, it, and so. We'll find it. And then, and then even if you don't do that and you, and you just don't have the right think like Project Veritas, well, then we will investigate you. We will find something wrong. We will, we will look for the crime. And this is 100% against the Constitution. This is, this is unlawful search and seizure. So you're breaking the Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. The this is straight out of 1984. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is really scary. I mean, if the government can can do this to, I mean, they 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 don't like what you're doing. I mean, it's exactly what Obama did with the IRS. Mm-hmm. They didn't. He didn't like the Tea Party movement, so he sicked the IRS on him. You don't get your status. You don't get to basically receive money from people. This, you know, everyone makes Nixon out to be this horrible, horrible president, the devil, the bad guy, right? You know, we have seen it throughout our entire life. And then when you really go and look at what Watergate was, Nixon didn't even know anything about it. It was a staffer that said, hey, we should break into the Watergate hotel and and steal these files to figure out what the Democrats are going to probably possibly try to do to us at election time right um i know what they should have done what they should have done is they should have just had the fbi do it for them yeah right but at the time you didn't have that kind of cooperation between the fbi and and the presidency and also nixon was an outsider nixon wasn't this ivy league in crowd right i mean really when you look at it 
between Democrats and Republicans, there's, there are the outside Republicans and the outside Democrats. And I'm not talking about the squad or anything like that. I'm talking about like, there are just Democrats who kind of came up and who have had left leaning ideas and are more centrist. And then you got Republicans like, you know, Jim Jordan, Ted Cruz, um, Rand Paul, right? Who they're not in the establishment of of the Republican Party either. Um, just like Donald Trump wasn't in the in crowd. He wasn't from some Ivy League school. You're um, talking about Wharton School of Business. That's pretty damn solid. Well, it's not Yale and Harvard and Cornell. Go Big Red. <laughs> Go Big Red Bear. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it, like, that's that's the thing. It's like all these, they, they I mean, like, you know who's, uh, who's really good at hiding it, who I used to really kind of like, and then I realized I think you're kind of fake? Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, uh, he is a, uh, he's getting bad. He is, he came off as this big defender of liberty and everything else. And he is a veteran. So, I mean, I'm not trying to talk. I mean, obviously I thank him for his service to our country, but then you find out that, oh, he went to some academy and he was like handpicked for uh service in the, in the, in the U S government. And, and like, he he's friends with some of the a lot of these Democrats. He's part of the in crowd, you know. Mm-hmm. So he played a good game, but now I think people are starting to realize like you're not anything different than this establishment that really doesn't care whether you know Democrats or Republicans are in power. You're still advancing big government, and that and we are seeing the effects of big government now, and it's scary as hell. Mm. Yeah. It's getting worse and worse and worse. That's why it it needs to be a big red wave, but it also needs we need to start doing what the Democrats have done. I'm, I I hear all these pundits out there and people who are talking about like don't vote Republican just for Republican, and I understand that. But you you can't start a third party. Like all you're going to do is divide your base. You're going to make it to to the the people who are united. That's why, as 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 much as they are lunatics, the squad and Bernie have the right idea. Don't start a new party. Hijack one that you can hijack, and that's what they've done. That's what people need to do with the Republican Party. You need to get good, solid people in there, and you need to out the 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 uh, in crowd Republicans like Liz Cheney and Adam Kenslinger, right? Yeah, they're um, gone. All right. Yeah, they're yeah they're gone already. Well, she's still gonna run, right? Yeah, she's not gonna she's not gonna win the nomination. Yeah, I don't think so either. But Kinziger's um, Kinziger saw the writing on the wall, so he decided he wasn't gonna run. And then, like, Democrats pretty much. Saw- yeah, I I think like half of the people who voted to impeach um but uh Trump are uh they they are they have been either they've either resigned or have said that they're not going to run again. And, well, I and think I, the other half probably aren't going to win their nominations. And that's why I think that really Trump shouldn't run for president again. Trump really needs to be 
that guy who is the moral leader of the Republican Party, who is going for those people who are not establishment. And he needs to be that guy that rallies up the base and says, don't vote for this guy, vote for this guy, and let's get this guy into office because I endorse him. Because I think I think that he would have such a great, such a bigger impact on the country if he did that. Yeah, Trump needs to run again because I don't trust any other politician. You don't Can trust DeSantis? No. Sorry, I don't. Rich, is that what you were going to no. say? Yeah. Uh, why don't you trust him? Because he's he's a politician. Trump's not a politician and he's been stabbed. He's been stabbed in the front by the state. And, and this time around, if he, if he wins again, he's going to have learned his lesson. He's going to put the right people around him and he's going to get rid of the weasels. And he, hopefully he's going to clean house. I don't think DeSantis will get rid of the weasels. So speaking of that, um, a couple of weeks ago, they had Peter Navarro on this afternoon radio station that I listened to out of Mankato, so not a not a big big station. Mm-hmm. You guys know who Peter Navarro is? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually I don't. What he's he like was the Trump's, chief of staff. Um, he was his uh oh. economic secretary or something along that lines. But he yeah. was like the, he was one of the only ones that made it the whole way. Mm-hmm. And he said he 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 was pushing his book you know, it was, oh, he's an, he's an author now. You know, oh, it's in my book. You know, he just kept saying that. But he said he could not believe how many people that Trump had around him that were against him. Yeah. You know? And he, I mean, this guy loved Trump. You could tell just listening to him. And he was, <clears throat> this Navarro was going after uh, Fauci. Like he said, I, I'm not going to quit until he's in an orange jumpsuit. Um, and he had his, you know, obviously this book's out and he had wrote about, Fauci, you know, Trump brought Fauci in to be, you know, once COVID took over or whatever, and and Trump right away wanted to do the ban on on travel. Let's just shut it down. And and Fauci, oh, that doesn't work. You know, that doesn't work. And this Navarro was like, are you kidding me, man? You know, and I mean, it was interesting to listen to him. Um, but but yeah, like like Darren said, he's got to get the right guys around him, and. You know, that's what this Navarro kind of had said was that he, you know, he had a lot of people that were against him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem with being an outsider. You don't have your own people, right? DeSantis will have his his administration from Florida that he can bring with him. Now, are are they all good people? Nobody knows. I mean, they're part of the, the state, right? They're they're career government officials. Now that Trump realizes that he can't just hire any Tom, Dick or Harry. And now that he probably has, you know, thousands of people that he can choose from, you know, running the campaign, like the first time around, he didn't think he was going to win. I mean, let's be honest. He didn't think he was going to win. So he was kind of caught flat footed. Well, we got to hire all these people. Now, now this time around, the party has gotten more towards what he is, what Trump is. So now you got all of these people that you can choose from in the party. You don't have to go with Omarosa. You don't have to go with... um all those losers. Yeah, I don't know but why are why he had her around. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so convinced she killed Michael Clark Duncan or Michael Duncan <laughs> Clark. Or whatever. 
She says, it's time to go, boss. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I, you look at Trump's cabinet from day one to his last year in office. I think his last year in office, he probably had the best cabinet that he had. Um, and, and, I mean, it makes sense that his economic advisor was actually with him because you know, that, that was his big success. I mean, that was the best economy that we've ever seen in the United States ever. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, like, you know, and it's just so infuriating too when I, when I say that and I'm like, Oh, they're begging China to open up their oil reserves and give them to us for some reason. Um, and, and nobody knows what we're supposed to give Taiwan. Uh, to them and you know we're begging for this oil but we're energy independent and he's like well there's nothing we can do OPEC you know why uh, does they... what I don't get is why does China want Taiwan I mean why because... can't they just leave them alone I mean it'd be like us saying oh we just want Cuba why I don't know <laughs> no okay so here's the history on that Taiwan is part of China, China, it, but but the actual China, like the China that we helped in World War uh, Two. So uh, when the when the color revolution in Mao happened in China, a lot of their leaders fled to Taiwan, and so Taiwan considers itself China, but they but they they call themselves a different country because they don't they are not with the Communist Party. So Taiwan is actually the government of China, but when the color revolution happened, they separated and and tried to keep as many people safe as possible. So yeah. ever since then, they China's the Communist Party of China has said we want to be unified again as one country. So we want Hong Kong back, we want Taiwan back, we want and we and we want all that to come back to us. Um, and as and this is what they've always wanted, even when they were a poor agricultural come, uh, country back in the in the 1950s. They just never had the power to do it. Now they have the power and the influence, and that is why it's becoming such a bigger thing. They've tried this in the past, and America has kept them at bay. But now they want no more dissidents. We are one China, and we are going to be strong, and we are going to be all together. But Taiwan is a huge strategic advantage if if china was to ever move on us taiwan would be a place for us to base operations out of and so we should be protecting them one because they're a smaller country that is fighting communism and under the monroe doctrine we have a legal obligation to help them uh i'm sorry truman doctrine not monroe um and the other thing here with this is that we've given up our other strategic advantage in Afghanistan. And so that was one of the reasons why a lot of the people have said that we've stayed in Afghanistan as far as, as, as long as we had, because that would have been another base of operations for us to attack on two fronts if China was to ever uh, attack us. Okay, well, whatever. We just, just, give, them, just give them nukes and call it, call it a day. <laughs>
All right. Um, so there's been some rumblings out of the White House that Joe and Kamala, their administrations are butting heads. So, Man. Jack, um, po- oh, God, how does he say his last name? Peloso? Pesobic. Pesobic? Yeah. Um, so he is, he has been saying this for a long time, actually. Um, it's just interesting now that CNN is picking up on it and, and talking about the, the fight between the two. So, I mean, this is now, this is, uh, what he had, have been calling a shade war is now like a full out fight in the media. Yeah. I wonder who's going to win that fight. You think Joe would beat, beat Kamala or you think Kamala would beat Joe? I mean, are we talking fist fight or are we talking, you know, eye gouging? Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think that she's going to, you know, she's, I think she would pull out all the punches. I, I don't, I think she'd gouge probably, probably a couple of kicks to the balls. Well, what you'd probably do is hide a bunch of marijuana in his desk and then arrest him for possession. (laughs) (laughs) Like she she did in California, allegedly. What's what's this, Joe? (laughs) Is this the devil's lettuce? (laughs) You've been listening to your Snoop Dogg again in 1965? Yeah. I think think that uh, if if Joe were to try to make a move and get Congress to remove Kamala uh, for, you know, uh, hey, she's she's not handling the border. This is derelict of duty. Let's say let's say he tried to do that, right? Um, I think if that happened, she would immediately turn around and invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment and get a couple of people on his staff to say that he's not competent and that they would send him in for a test and they would say early dementia and he would be gone. Possibly. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Well, I mean, I think what's hilarious is neither one of them are going to be running for president in 2024 because Joe's going to be too old. I mean, they might have to put him up there. They might have to weaken in Bernie's to him, and you know, just just throw him up there because there's no there's no way that that they're. I mean, he's he's terrible. He's a terrible candidate. He's the. I I don't know. I don't know how they do it because they can't run Kamala. And how do you take away, you know, the first black female vice president? How do you take that away from from her? And, and God knows if if they run anybody else as the as the top of the ticket, you think they're going to want Kamala as the VP? No, or... but talk is is that there's one person that can beat out her intersectionality. Who's that? AOC? Nope. I don't think she's old. I don't think AOC would be old enough. But Mayor uh... Pete. Oh, Pete. Yeah. No, they're they're seriously talking about that. That is part of the problem. Is is what what maybe started a little bit of this back and forth is they feel like the White House has come to protect Mayor Pete much more than what they've ever done to protect her. And it's because they think that he's going to run for president in 2024. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's possible, but I, I, I don't... He's even more... He's about as good as Kamal. He's, he's got no personality. 
I don't know. He okay. I mean, that'd be fine with me. He, I I think Trump would beat him <laughs> like a wow. wow. I think anyone could beat him and just say, "Hey, when you were uh, the the Department of Transportation Secretary, we were dealing with supply chains. Where were you?" Well, I was taking care of my family. Well, that's great and all, but the country was suffering, and your job was directly to blame, and you were away. That's great if you want to be with your family. Take a different job. You can't be Secretary uh, of Transportation, de- have a have a national crisis going on, and you be not available. That's ridiculous. For two months, or three months or whatever it was switching gears here um so a couple of weeks ago we had a story about um or i think it was yeah it was a couple weeks ago when the election happened we had a story about the minneapolis or sorry the saint paul voters approved a radical rent control bill 52 percent of the voters approved option one an ordinance that puts an annual three percent cap on rent increases and makes no no allowance for inflation or or exemptions for vacant apartments or new construction that typical typically other rent control policies make allowances for. Well, not even two weeks in, and they're reporting that developers are not going to build anymore. They have stopped building and they have abandoned their projects. And now the Minneapolis, or now that the Saint, now the Saint Paul um, City Council is scrambling to to pass ordinances to um, make allowances for new development and developers that are leaving. Yep, that Mark is hilarious. That. Yeah, and, and what happens when developers stop developing? I don't know. The price goes up because there's nowhere to live and population is going up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one way to get your rent increases or, or at least stop your rent increases. <laughs> Some Somebody said, you know, just imagine doing this to any other industry. Like imagine saying gas prices can't go up more than 3% a year. You know, of course you would get a bunch of people who would sign up on that, but then gas prices vary so quickly, right? businesses would be losing money every single day, you know? And, and so what would happen? Do you think that the state's going to subsidize those? No, you're just going to lose gas stations. Right. Um, I thought it was a pretty interesting take. Uh, I can't remember where I heard that from, but I mean, it was like, yeah, it's the same thing It's these are economics. One-on-one people like, uh, imagine, Imagine if we only let government employees' salaries go up by 3% a year. <laughs> you know, 3% a year wouldn't be a bad raise for people either. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. But, I mean, you think about it, if you're making 50 grand a year, that's like, what, 3%? Re- 3%? 10% would be 5 So, two and a half. Dollars. Yeah, I, well, that's, I guess that's not terrible. No. Yeah. All right. Um, before we move on to the top five, um, I just dis- I think we should uh, throw out dark our uh, contact information. If if anybody wants to um, contact us or give us some feedback or anything, you can uh, email me at darren at thefewcast.com, D A R I N at thefewcast.com, 
or you can uh, tweet us at few podcast at f e w p o d c a s t. All if right. You have any, hold on. If you have any hate mail, don't don't forget to send it to Fluffervoid two thousand four at yahoo.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So send send your hate mail there. But yeah, I mean, we've been getting a little few more few more listeners, so I figured I'd put that more towards the beginning. It, it, if you guys just send them out, I don't get very much of it, so I'll probably read it. Um, all right. Um, top five. This week's top five is Falls from Grace. Number five, Richie. Well, we gotta start with uh, the great Bill Cosby. <clears throat> um. <laughs> But what else do you say? Bill Cosby. America's dad? <laughs> America's dad. You know, which is amazing because the Cosby show was a big deal, but Bill's black. So how could that be? Yeah. They're all white supremacists. In the 80s, in the even. 80s. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, I, when I, I saw somebody say that um, Reagan used to push drug drugs to black communities. He used to push drug dealers to to make sure they sold to black communities. Yeah, oh, yeah. On, on Twitter, yeah, because he could push it to white communities, which is where I lived, and I wouldn't have bought any because one, I don't do crack, and two, I can't afford to do crack. So <laughs> you sell something to somebody that doesn't want to buy it. Well, and also I I think that that has been somewhat debunked because they tried to say that the cia was the one that was behind all that and that's why they yeah anyway i i yeah bill cosby was my number two actually because i did think about um it was kind of a big deal i mean like when you think of bill cosby okay think of him before you knew any of this stuff right Mm -hmm. he was just such a lovable character, such a lovable guy. He was, he, you know, he was on all those shows, like the kids say the darndest things and people loved Bill Cosby. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, he did do ghost dad. I love yeah. dad. Do not make fun. I, of I, I actually liked that movie when I was a kid. I, I haven't seen it. I've seen it once in my life. And that was like, whatever year it came out, 1992. But I remember liking that, but I'm sure it's terrible if I saw it now. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of movies, though, like after you grow up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But the Bill, the Cosby show was such a great show. Like, and, you know, you talk about, you know, what a good, what a good um, influence that that had on people. Like here is a doctor and his wife is a lawyer and they live in, New York and they live in this nice house and they teach their kids and everybody loved it. No, nobody saw race with it or anything like that. They just saw it like here, here are likable characters that everybody loves. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. There's iconic moments in that show that, that everyone can draw back on. Um, Like when he was teaching his son, son theo about money and and telling him how you can't waste it like a lot of people draw on that and so like when it came out that the first woman that said uh hey uh, i was sexually harassed by bill cosby nobody wanted to believe it like nobody and then like two three come out and nobody everyone's like okay well maybe it's just bandwagon people and then i don't know even remember what the final count was 
Um, but so uh, Bill Cosby was my number three. Uh, but my favorite episode was the episode where he makes the barbecue sauce, and his barbecue sauce gets everybody all horny. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. <laughs> Sleepy oh. and horny, as from what I under, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that episode. It, right, was, who, it was still on TV. I think it might still be on TV. I'm pretty sure it uh, is. It's like, you guys pick up the news? Ever? <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's only on BET now. Like, it I'm was sure. on Nick, Nick at night. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, it's not fair because it, oh, God. It is such a great show. All right. N- number five, uh, Mark. Uh, so I went with former president Bill Clinton. <laughs> is, he the one that, is he the one with the portrait of him in um, <coughs> Jeffrey Epstein's house? Okay, I, I, I just we should just bring that up every episode. <laughs> just to remind people that. And his wife ran for president, right? Yeah. Her name, Hillary? Okay, okay, yeah. I'm just checking. And what yeah, what party do they belong to? The uh, Democrats? Okay. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, and, and what's funny is, is like, before the Monica Lewinsky thing happened, you got to remember how popular Bill Clinton was. Like, you know, we went from Ronald Reagan, where this country was solid red. And like, George H.W. Bush gets... You know, think about the last time that a vice president uh, was elected after um, after the president. I mean, it was, I mean, are we talking about the 40s or 50s since that happened? Um, and then it happens to, to George H.W. Uh, because Ronald Reagan was so popular. And, and H.W. Bush was so popular. And then here comes this Arkansas governor. And everybody loves him, I guess. And he, he would have never won if it wasn't for Perot. He got like forty-two percent of the vote. Okay, yeah, Perot, Perot messed up. Perot is the one who screwed it up. And and the the fishy stuff about that. I mean, what happened to Ross Perot during that? Because he 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 was leading in the polls, and then he just quits. Well, he quits because he says that somebody His, from the Bush campaign came to his daughter's wedding and threatened them. But yeah. who does that sound like now? Sounds like Democrats. <laughs> sounds like sounds like Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah. I've I've often thought about that because like when I first heard about that and and remember Bush was leading the polls because I was shocked because uh Bush had just come off Desert Storm. Desert Storm was highly successful. Everyone loved him. Uh, he had this awesome general named Colin Powell, who uh, everybody loved, uh, and the bear, Schwartz, Schwarzkopf. Um, and, and like, I, I think if you would have, if the election would have happened one year sooner, um, I think Jesus himself could have ran against George W. Bush and had a tough time winning. Mm. So... Anyway, yeah, I think the Ross Perot thing messed up. He was leading in the polls uh, because he was trying to make common sense and trying to say that the nation was divided. Something happens. Everyone loves Clinton. 
he the economy is going great. He gets reelected, and then Monica Lewinsky happens. And well, that wasn't the first one. No. Nobody, no, that was the only that was only the first one that they had proof of, and the only reason why they had proof is because she kept the dress. If yeah. she hadn't kept that dress, this would have never hit the news. We would have we wouldn't have any idea about the story. Just think about that. The press would have buried it. Mm-hmm. The only reason why we know about this is because she kept the dress and the FBI got it or or the or the somebody got it and then they ended up testing it and they were able to prove that it was Clinton's DNA. Well, and don't forget Linda Tripp. Or... Linda Tripp, Linda Tri- I mean Everybody she, demonizes Linda Tripp, but all Linda Tripp did was basically say, you have to keep this dress because if something happens, you're going to get brought into this and he's going to dis, you know, he's basically going to screw you again. <laughs> and well, she was right. Yeah. Uncle, when, when this came out, Clinton basically said, oh, she's just nuts. She's, you know, don't listen to her. She's just starstruck. She saw me in the Oval Office and she's, she's a stalker. No, that's not what happened, Bill. Yeah. Well, and also she she audio taped her conversation. So there's a timeline of, hey, this just happened in the Oval Office to yeah. what should happen. Like, she had documentation. She had the receipts, you know, and that did probably end up helping her, even though that she was probably upset about it at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and we forget, Monica Lewinsky was like, what, 20? Yeah. this happened? Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. It it oh. just I I it, it it goes from I did not have sexual relations with that woman to well it depends what your definition of is is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I could get get into that. He actually has a good point with that. You know, they they go back, they go back. You know, that's kind of how smug he is. But I think there was something where they there was two definitions and they had gotten him before on one of the definitions, and that's probably why he said that. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. My number five is Troy Duffy, the writer and creator of the Boondock Saints. So now if what you happened? remember... What happened? Uh, yeah, what happened to him? He, so in... He wrote this in like, probably like 99 something like that and Harvey Weinstein he uh he buys this script for a million dollars and he basically just gives it to Troy Duffy and it's just like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen you know we're going to we're going to make this movie this guy gets such a gigantic head it's unbelievable it's the most hilarious thing you've ever seen in your life like he so this so there's a documentary called Overnight it's actually free on Crackle if you want to see it. It's the greatest. It's one of the greatest documentaries I've seen. So he he gets this money, and the first thing he does is he hires a film crew to document making of this movie and his life, right? And that's what this is. And and like so they're videotaping him. He's got this band and stuff. Like it, it's just insane. At, like he basically throughout this movie, it shows how he he basically ruins every relationship he has in his life. It's it's amazing. Hmm. So basically, he had everything in the world, but then he got such a big head, he lost everyone around him. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to watch it. It's, it's. Yeah. I don't wouldn't say they lost everyone, but it's just, it's, it's hilarious just watching this movie. <laughs> but anyway, uh, number four, Richie. Uh, my list here. Uh, speaking of Harvey Weinstein, he was my number four on the list. <laughs> <laughs> he is my number two. What? What happened to Harvey? <laughs> yeah. Is he dead yet? He he was pretty close to being dead for a while there, wasn't he? And yeah, and then he got COVID. And yeah, that might have just been. They might have just been playing that up so that they were light, so they would try to light him out because of the COVID. Yeah, um, you know, sure. psychopath psychopaths do that. You know, like the Golden State Killer tried to make himself out to be all frail and old once he got caught, but he was riding a motorcycle the day before. Same with the sociopath. Mm-hmm. And for those who have no idea, right, he molested women and played the producer card, right? Basically, if you're going to get this role, you're going to have to have sex with me first. Yeah, pretty much. That's, I mean, there was a big thing about Ashley Judd. You know, she's Miss Feminist. And it sounds like she and him did it quite a few times. <clears throat> Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, you and, wonder if that's what turned her into a feminist. You know what I had to do to become a star? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and everybody in Hollywood knew this was going on, and nobody stopped it. Yeah. Oh, even uh, the guy from um, Family Guy, Seth MacFarlane, he made that joke at the Golden Globes or whatever that one year about she was just relieved that she doesn't have to sleep with Harvey Weinstein anymore. And the crowd just like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, number uh, four, Mark. So I got Paul Rubin, Mr. Huey Perman himself. <laughs> it was an adult theater. That's what happens there, people. <laughs> We've witnessed Trust it. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> in all honesty okay, he shouldn't have done that but growing up you know we heard that he masturbated in a the theater so I'm thinking the Marshall 3 theater you know just the, the three <laughs> you know just the, a regular movie theater and then it comes out that it was a you know a porn theater which still shouldn't have done it but you know well, I can tell you how damaging it is when some guy just sits down right next to you and starts mad. <laughs> yeah. But that story is a different day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I just remember though, like he was beloved. He was huge. Like he, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Tim Burton's first movie, um, you know, is, is loved. I mean, it, it's a it's a classic, right? And mm-hmm. he has this huge star, stardom, and then this happened, and you know, and that's the other thing. People probably now are like, well, why didn't he just have his phone do this in his bedroom like everybody else, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you didn't have that back in the eighties. In fact, I mean, I, that might have been even before VHS, or maybe right at the beginning of VHS. Um, I don't know. It just. I thought it was early 90s. Was it early 90s? My, yeah. It had to be. You're right. Um, yeah, yeah. I think VHS was out. But... but he was 
I, nothing will beat, you know, obviously there was a million jokes told about it then, and then he shows up to the MTV Movie Awards, and they're like, can you, can you do it? You know, can you do it? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And he gets out there, anybody heard any good jokes lately? And the crowd <laughs> just kind of bursts out laughing, like, wow, you know, and so... He's actually been in a lot of movies since then. He, he just, you just kind of forget about him, though. Yeah, I'm. But I mean, he could have been that next. You know, I, I mean, he could have rode Pee Wee Herman. Uh, you know, for yeah, a long time, but yeah. that just kind of shattered his his childhood image. Yeah. Yeah, 1991 is when he got arrested. July. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Number four for me is Anthony Weiner, the Cocktober surprise himself. <laughs> I mean, think about um, this. He's a congressman for New York, and probably one of the most influential Congress people. I mean, it's you saw him on TV all the time. He's smug, smarmy little bastard, which that's what he is. He's very good at playing that just like Schumer. And uh yeah, he uh what I think he ended up sending uh uh basically half-naked pictures to underage girls who were who had stars in their eyes. And he did it and then he got caught and then he had to resign from Congress. Oh, I think he ended up tweeting something. I think he what he what he did was he tried to tweet um, he do a direct message to an underage girl with a picture of him with like pan, like shorts on with his dick showing or something, and then he accidentally tweeted it um over the internet, like instead of instead of direct messaging, and he accidentally tweeted it, and then he said he got hacked, <laughs> and he didn't get hacked, and it was provable that he didn't get hacked, and then he resigned because of course. He lied to the public after he did something disgraceful. And then comes uh, about probably like four or five years later, he's running for mayor of New York City. He's probably going to win. He's, you know, he's the number one candidate. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. Learned his lesson. Learned his lesson. He's, you know, he's rehabilitating his image. And then he does it again. (laughs) You know, you get a lot of chances when your wife is the top aide for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I can't so remember. That, There's that, a... that tells you everything you need to know about um, New York, if you, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a documentary on, uh, it's called Wiener 2016. Actually, it's 2016 is when it came out. Uh, so it must have been earlier than that. Yeah, because I, I think the the laptop came out later, but the you know with the pictures and stuff and the emails on it um but before that i believe yeah 2000 june 19th i think 2016 it would have been earlier than that actually april 25th anyway um yeah they it the documentary is called wiener and it kind of details the whole thing with the second scandal it's pretty pretty damn hilarious just watching him melt down All right, number three, Richie. Uh, we're going to go with Joe Paterno. Ooh. I thought about putting Penn, him on here, yeah. From but it wasn't State. really him that 
did it. I mean, it was the but, Sandusky. Yeah, it but, was, but he basically ignored it. Yeah, and ended up dying like three weeks later. That's how karma works. Um, <laughs> he died. Of sorry, shame. not sorry, but yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I I, I just. I still can't come go back to the fact that a guy comes to him, you know, that assistant coach, I don't even remember what his name was, and says, look, our offensive coordinator is having sex with little boys in the shower. And Joe goes, okay. Tells the athletic director, and then they just go on business as usual. I would walk into that offensive coordinator's room with a baseball bat and beat him to death. And I'm like, I don't know what happened to him. I come in here and his brains are splattered all over the place. You know, it's it's just inexcusable. I realize Joe would have lost. He probably would have lost his job because you know it's you you just fire everybody when something like that happens. But either way, I mean, it's disgusting. So. I was glad when he died. That doesn't sound good, but he deserved it, in my opinion. Uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, I I watched the um, mockumentary um, that they did on his on his life with Al Pacino playing Joe Paterno. Have you ever seen that? No, I have not. Is it? Did uh, he just play it because play him because his, their names sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he kept saying. Sex with little boys? Oh yeah. What do you mean? A sensible woman? No. Uh, the uh, it it was kind of good, but uh, at the end there was the scene, and and it makes me wonder if there wasn't more discussion around this. But you know, it was his wife going, "Well, it's not like you knew. Like, if you knew this entire time, there's no way you would have let uh our kids play with play with him." Uh, in the pool and all that, all all that time, and then, you know, it's you know obviously Joe was dealing with some dementia issues towards the end there too, um, but uh, it 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 was it it is an interesting thing of like when did he know this because this was this was many years um, into him being close personal friends with this guy. Sandusky, and maybe he had a blind spot, but you, you can't say he had a blind spot when the coach came in and said, "Hey, I, I caught him in the shower with a guy, you know, with a, with a twelve year old boy, you know, like, right. you know that." No more can you say that there was a blind spot. But are you, are you saying also for all those years, you you had a blind spot? You didn't realize that there was anything wrong all the all that time. Oof. Yeah just disgusting i'm yeah, not gross. yeah and Sand- sandusky i can't believe nobody has killed him yet um all right so i just googled jerry sandusky to see how long he was the coach of penn state when did this come out because this had to come out after it's like looks like 2013 yeah that's about right is when yeah. he got sentenced so he was coached, looks like Penn State defensive coordinator linebacker from 1977 through 1999. That's what it says here. It's got to be. He, that, he, had that's to, he, he was still running a camp and still had access oh, okay. 
the, yeah, yeah. He wasn't the coach anymore. I remember that now. He, but he was running like a camp for kids, and he was using that to groom these kids. Um, and and he still had access, you know. So okay, so so I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at this Wikipedia page, and he wrote a book in 2001. So this would have been 11 years before this came out. I think it said 2012 or something. He wrote a book. It's called Touched, the Jerry Sandusky story. Oh, my God. That's a joke, right? That is That's... not a joke. That is not a joke. Wow. 2001. That's crazy. I thought maybe it was like a documentary. So I clicked on it to look at it to see what it was. And then, nope, he wrote this book. Well, obviously, probably had a gross writer. It's Kip Rachel, Richiel. But anyway, uh, number number three, th- three, Mark? Yeah, Matt Lauer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Uh, inappropriate sexual guy himself. Uh, supposedly, so like, before any of this happened, like he's America's sweet sweetheart, everyone loves him, and is it Katie Couric um, on the Today Show? You know, and and uh, they're you know everyone just loves them. They're so great. Oh, they have such great chemistry together. And it sounds like they were actually the best of friends. But then he was also trapping interns into his office and making making them do sexual favors on him. I guess. Yeah, yeah, great guy. Yeah. Can't, you can't forget about the the door lock. He had a button on his desk to lock the door. Mm-hmm. So uh, nobody could get out. Or anything. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, number... Th- who is... We're on number two now. Yeah, my, oh, was, my number been... three was Bill Cosby. So no, my, oh. my number two is Harvey Weinstein. So number two, uh, Richie. Um, I'm going to say Charlie Sheen, uh, you know, he was a huge, huge actor in Hollywood. And then he went insane <laughs> and ended up with AIDS or HIV, one of the two. Um, but you think back to, you know, I mean, he was in, a, he was in a lot of great movies, obviously the, all the uh, major league movies were hilarious and, uh, one of my favorite ones is is the rookie with him and Bill Cos or uh, Bill Cosby, him and um, Clint Eastwood. It's like an early '90s uh, cop yeah. drama comedy. Um, but yeah, he kind of lost his marbles, and you know, and, and it's weird because I mean, his brother is Emilio Estevez, and I I feel like they're polar opposite of people, really. You know. Mm-hmm. So. All right, number two, Mark. Uh, number two, my number two is OJ, or not? Um, sorry, that's my number one. No, number two is Bill Cosby. All right, well, number one's uh, Richie. Oh, is your number two, Darren? Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, Harvey Weinstein. Um, so my number one was the most popular president of all time. Eighty-one million people voted for this man. <laughs> And he is currently sitting at a 38% uh, approval rate. His name is Joe 
Biden. And if you guys didn't know this, Satchel Paige is a Negro. Oh, jeez. I mean, a pitcher in the... I mean, a pitcher, and he played in the Negro League. Because um, <laughs> I remember growing up, our hero here in Minnesota was Kirby Puckett. But I, for, for 38 years, I have been saying it wrong. I should be calling him that Negro Kirby Puckett. <laughs> For if you're taking Joe Biden's lead, right? Right. I'm I'm going by what the president, the most popular <laughs> president of all time, says. Oh my God. Yeah. And I know that he was probably trying to say what but I mean, like seriously, why would you even say that word right now? Right? If it was anybody else, if Trump was saying it or um Anybody else? Like anybody, I, anybody in the Republican Party said that. Oh yeah, it would be like the city like, that they're in would be on fire right now. <laughs> unless, in, in, unless you were a pedophile uh, who was shot by Kyle Rittenhouse. Well, then it was <laughs> right. just free speech, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he's <laughs> he's a terrible, terrible human being. He's lost it. He's never had a real job. And he thinks, and people think he can lead. So yeah, yeah. I I heard something about. I saw a thing that said, uh, "Don't tease kids who think that um, that say uh, Santa Claus is still real." I know people who think that uh, um, Joe Biden was going to be a good president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, num number one. Uh, m I guess me and Mark's number one is OJ. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to put him on the list, too. Um, he's the juice, man. Yeah. OJ. He's not, I'm black, not black, he's OJ. I'm OJ. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loved him, though. I mean, that, that's the thing. Everyone yeah. thought he was the greatest well, guy ever. The funniest thing is from, I don't know which naked gun it is, but the, those kids are going down the steps in the strollers. Mm. And you see him in the background, like catch the one, and he's about to spike it, you know, because he's a football player, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And the mom comes over and stops him from spiking the baby. Uh, I mean, he was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Everyone, everyone loved him. He was a he was a star. He was funny. He was this great athlete. Everyone thought that he had the perfect wife and marriage. Turns out that he was beating her. All the time, he was jealous. You know, he constantly thought everyone was out to get him, and you know. And, and then you know what? Um, Norm Macdonald made a lot of money off of him. <laughs> so, so thank you, OJ, for that at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, '93 happened, and that was crazy. Yeah. Gosh, it was nuts. I still remember I was at my uh, grandpa's house when the chase was going on, you know, the white Ford Bronco and, mm. you know, just, we were just glued to the TV watching it. So, <laughs> um, uh, anybody got any honorable mentions? Uh, I thought Lance Armstrong. Oh, I thought about he him. A, he was a hero for, America, you know, we were we were kind of feuding with France at the time, and he dominated them. Mm -hmm. and, you know, he just 
that what was the who who won after him? Troy. It was Troy something, right? Yeah, he did the same thing. The, the, he doped. Yeah, too. It, he doped too, and it, and he kind of was that that gave into it. If he if he would have started the story, they probably would have never got him. But he, you know, he kept changing his story, and um, you know, didn't end well. So. Yeah. I do love when he shot some shade at them, though, and and Troy Landis, that's what was his name. When when uh, they were like, we are stripping you of all your wins, and like he took he took a picture of himself on his big couch with all of his gold jerseys from his, yeah. and he was like, oh man. So in the record books, you're going to say that I don't exist. I'll, I'll just have to find some way to convince myself that I was still the greatest, you know, or something like yeah. that. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's still rich. It, it's, you know, he's going to live a fine life. So, well, and it also sounds like everybody was there. Yeah. He was just the best at it. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, so let's move on to the worst people of the week. Um, I'll go first. My worst person of the week is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie uh, tweeted out, uh, basically, we need to make the billionaires pay more money, blah, 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 blah. And then Elon Musk responded, I didn't, I keep forgetting that you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that was great. So does does Bernie Sanders just have like a Twitter account that he keeps putting out that same tweet like every you know three weeks or something like that because it it, it seems like that's all he ever says. Well, when you've it's, never actually signed a paycheck, you you get jealous of people who uh, who do who who do yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's always like we need to have a system that works for everybody, and then three weeks later. We need to tax everybody and make them pay their fair share. And then it's like it it's like he recycles or he has somebody just like retype that same sentence over and over and over and over again and then just send it out every three weeks. It's he's such a joke. Yeah, he's he's pathetic. Well he's never he never held a real job. I mean he's he was the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. Before that he got kicked out of a commune. And then after that, he was the representative from that area, and then he was the senator. He's never actually held a real job. Never it, had to sign a paycheck. I will say getting kicked out of that commune, that, that, that was a ridiculous thing. I mean, you forget to put the towel on a chair on it, at a nudist colony one time, and they get real uppity. <laughs> All right. All right, Richie, who do you, who do you got? Uh, mine uh, this week is uh, Joy Reid. I'm sure she could be on here probably every week because she's insane. Um, but this week, well, first she made fun of Kyle Rittenhouse because it um, for crying after he had to shoot three people that attacked him um, because the government refused to do their job and protect people's businesses. Um, and then she comes out today and or yesterday and said that. Uh, we all sh- we all should be we're all ungrateful to how great of a job Joe Biden is doing. You know, he gave us a stimulus check and we all spent the money and and now we're not happy anymore. So that's why his and his poll numbers are low because of COVID. 
not because of high gas prices, high food prices, high inflation, none of that. It's all because of COVID. So she's insane. Yep. Just a race baiter too. Everything's racism. Yeah, it's what sells. All right, Mark. Who's uh, who's your worst person? Uh, well, mine is the same type of person. Uh, it is Corey Bush, part of the squad, and uh, so she was talking about Kyle Rittenhouse too, and about how if he gets acquitted, um, you know, it it will be a it will be a message to everybody. Seven years ago, when cops killed Michael Brown, which is a lie. Um, you know, they were marching in Ferguson and white supremacists were hiding behind a hiding, hiding behind a hill and they were shooting at them um, and trying to disrupt them from being able to peacefully protest. Um, I don't remember Ferguson being all that peaceful. Um, one, two, I would have thought that if if white supremacists were shooting at protesters that would have been national news right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i would so, think so so i'm going to kind of go out on a limb and say that that allegedly is bs <laughs> um and the fact that this congressman congresswoman uh congress z whatever she wants to be called uh is actually out there spreading these lies, trying to drum up uh, people to support her is not only horrific um, and and just one of the worst things that you can do, but you're a congressman and you're openly trying to widen the divide in the American people, actively going against them. I think that there should actually be criminal charges for somebody doing that in a position of power. I wish we had Sounders because then I would just have uh, uh, Maxine Waters saying collusion. Uh, All right. Looks like that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, Till next week. Have a good one.